Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, uh, this just happened. I've got to, uh, I, I got to play this for you. It literally just happened a few minutes ago. This is President Biden at the White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. He's given a shout out to the bipartisan group of members of Congress who were there to participate. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I think she was going to be here. Um, that was to Jackie Wachorski. She's been dead since August. No one told the president that she was not there. She died in August. She was in a car crash. Um, that's, yeah, that's the full thing here. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for in- including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. You know, she's not there. Uh, Jackie Walorski and her two staffers dead in August in a terrible car crash. Um, this Okay, so for those of you who are immediately jumping to, well, he's just an insane old man with dementia. Uh, actually, something else is going on here, and this is indicative of something that I have been pointing out for a while he is really badly served by his staff. So Joe Biden, when he went to this thing, at the, it's at the White House, they showed a tribute to Jackie Walorski, who actually rallied bipartisan support for a bill on child hunger. Uh, and they played a, a tribute to her losing her life. And his staff didn't tell him about it, did not bring him up to speed on it, and did not bring him into the room, according to the Reporters who were there didn't bring him into the room during the tribute, so he had no idea that she was dead. Now, they should have told him a while back and should have reminded him, of course, given all of that, but this is a staff failure at the White House. Regardless of the president, particularly if the president is a man who is very old and getting very forgetful, if not dementia-addled grandpa— you got to have better staff. This is a staff problem. The fact that only late last night did he call Ron DeSantis about the approaching Hurricane Ian, only after national outrage, including voiced on this program, did he bother to call the governor of Florida. That's a staff problem. The president should not be put in these positions, regardless of who the president is, regardless of your party, regardless of your politics, the president of the United States should not be put in these positions, that he is put in this position to embarrass himself like this, to be in a position to be badgered by even the national press over failing to call the governor of a state in anticipation to a natural disaster. That is a failure of his staff of his advanced team, of all of the oversight of his staff. It's a failure of his chief of staff. You can't even, you, you, and a really good staff can make an incompetent politician seem competent. An incompetent staff can make a competent president seem incompetent. 
and an incompetent staff amplifies the incompetence of an incompetent chief executive. And it seems like that's what we've got going around here. My goodness gracious. Now, uh, we, we, we say that, and then I must also add the president of the United States also had this, Jim, in talking about hurricane preparedness. Let me declare, if you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. <laughs> I'm sorry. Having grown up in a part of this country that regularly experienced hurricanes, I don't remember anyone saying, huh? Have you gotten vaccinated? That hurricane's going to pass you by if you've gotten vaccinated. That hurricane's going to see you and say, no sorry, Bob. Can't blow his house down. He got the mRNA vaccine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Again, this is a staff-level issue. Who gave him these remarks? If you're in a hurricane zone, you be sure to get your monkeypox vaccine or people will think you go to Auburn. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, how do they do this to this man? Why do they do this? Grandpa Dimitri's already got enough problems and now they're out there. Get your COVID vaccine. Get your monkeypox vaccine. Get your polio vaccine. That hurricane won't touch you if you get your vaccine. Let me be clear. <laughs> if you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. <laughs> Somebody, somebody replied to us, Mr. President, if I hang a mask over my door frame, will the hurricane pass me by? <laughs> oh, my gosh. They just set this guy up for this. Oh, okay. We got to move on from dumb things presidents say, but... Holy cow, I just, that's, and y'all, my frustration, we could laugh about the president on this, but this is a reflection of his staff and the preparedness of his staff, the cult-like nature of his staff. But it's not just him. Don Lemon, uh, we're we're playing these Don Lemon clips. Listen to this. This is Don Lemon talking to the head of the national, uh, what is it, the NOAA, National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. Tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so, listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. 
on the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Oh, they're trying, they're trying so hard to make this about climate change. They're, they're desperate to make it about climate change. Remember, they said because of climate change, we were going to have more storms and they were going to be more powerful storms. And actually, that's not the case. Uh, actually, it is. It, it's we're not having a massive new wave of storms. We're we're not having a mass number of storms this year. That's what they told us would happen. That's what they said would happen. There would be a massive wave, uh, high numbers of highly intense storms. And the reality is that it's just not so. Now, in fact, uh, when you look historically at the number of strong storms that have hit Florida. This is somewhat anomalous. you got to go back to the 90s with Hurricane Andrew was the strongest one to hit them. Uh, The strongest storms happened in in the early 1900s before anyone kind of puts their finger on climate change as an issue. But the media is obsessed with the issue. Climate – this is reading from Axios. Climate change favors more instances of rapidly intensifying storms such as Hurricane Ian – Due to the combination of warming seas and a warmer atmosphere that can carry additional amounts of water vapor. It doesn't matter whether this storm is related to climate change or not. They are going to insist it's all about climate change. And it becomes unfalsifiable. It becomes an unfalsifiable way to talk about anything. Climate change. Oh, well, this storm, this wildfire, this earthquake, this this heat wave, this cold snap, this whatever. It's all climate change. And, and what they mean is global warming, but they can't talk about it in global warming because they keep changing the language and they finally settled on climate change. Again, it becomes unfalsifiable. And you got a guy like like Don Lemon, who's not that bright, on TV talking to the head of the NOAA and the head of the NOAA is, is you can't take an individual storm and say this storm is because of climate change. And he's like, well, the these storms that they're they're getting more intense. I didn't play that part here. Um, let, let's get back to this little part here of it. Climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event. Um, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, based, uh, listen, I grew up there, and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to in- intensify. Uh, but there, the data actually doesn't show that. Something is causing – this is this is an anecdote that the store of the data – something's causing the storms to intensify. Actually, that's not true. That's not actually true. There is no data out there to suggest that it is true, but he wants to believe it, and it's non-falsifiable, except this one totally is because we have a record going back to the 1800s of storms, and barometric pressure levels could be measured back then and now, so we know when the storms were coming, how intense the storms were. It's simply not a statement of fact to say it, but you're not going to dissuade Don Lemon because, are you a scientist? Are you an expert? Are you, Don? Are you an expert? And just clearly, clearly, sir, from the NOAA, that something is intensifying these storms. This is the first hurricane to impact Florida this year. According to the climate change modelers, Florida should have been like, this should have been number five or six for the year. It's the first. It's strong, 
The waters of the Gulf of Mexico are warm. It has intensified. These sorts of things have happened in the past. To take an event, as the head of the NOAA says, to take an event and try to extrapolate your preferred agenda, well, well, maybe you should be cautious in doing that. But no one wants to be cautious in doing things like that. No one wants to be cautious. Everyone wants to take their political agenda and weave it into the story of the day. And by the way, and by the way, that's what the media is doing in Florida right now. When you get beyond the talking points about climate change, the media is pivoting, turning this storm and the impact of the storm into a full-on attack on Ron DeSantis, starting at CNN suggesting DeSantis, literally they're running a story saying DeSantis is telling people to listen to the very same local officials who he said to ignore during COVID. Maybe maybe they all actually do believe that the vaccine can keep you from getting the hurricane. You got Joe Biden telling people to get vaccinated, and now you got these reporters saying, why is he telling them to listen to local experts on the hurricane and not on the virus? Maybe a virus and a hurricane are different. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California King. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I have a modicum of good news. The Dow Jones is up 400 points. NASDAQ up 153. S&P 500 up 55. Uh, Probably not necessarily in reaction to the hurricane, but everybody deciding that, hey, stocks have gone down so much I can get back in or something. Ah, we'll see. Um, Before I get into the Ron DeSantis stuff, I got to get back to this. Uh, on Joe Biden, this I, and I, gosh, I feel just miserably bad about the whole thing for the family of Jackie Walorski, who was the congresswoman. If you didn't hear Joe Biden at an event uh, a short time ago at the White House, wanted to know where Jackie was. He was giving people uh, shout outs from the stage. And said, and, and Representative Jackie, where where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Jackie's dead. Jackie's been dead for more than a month. Jackie, the congresswoman was killed in a car crash with two of her aides. 
um, the um, I just learned during commercial break two weeks ago, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, named a VA hospital in Indiana for Jackie Walorski and had an event at the White House to honor her because of her death. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here, for in- including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. She's not there, Joe. Two weeks ago, you you honored her by having her been at the White House and naming a, a VA hospital for her. Again, this is this is the advance team should have reminded him. They should have filled him in on what was happening. They played a memorial video honoring the woman right before he got on stage. It makes him look bad. And and listen. Some of you will want to call in and say, well, they probably thought that he knew. Y'all, it doesn't matter. I And I can tell you from my personal experience, having been in campaigns, running campaigns, uh, handling stuff like this for politicians running for office, you advise them on all the stuff you think they already know. That That's what your job is as the advance team. You fill them in on every detail. What has happened at the event? What was happening right before you came on stage? Reminder that the that one of the people died. Remind him that two weeks ago you signed legislation because he's 80 years old and forgetful. You do this as part of the advance team. You just do this as part of the advance team. This is worse than the old Biden gaffe. Remember this old Biden gaffe? Can I get it played without an ad? Yes, this is from uh, from from the blaze. A buddy of mine just sent it to me. It reminded him of this. I totally forgot about this one. Uh, this. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is Biden's last big gaffe on stage. And I also am told that uh, that uh, uh, Chuck Graham, state senator, is here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Chuck was in a wheelchair. <laughs> Biden is literally looking at Chuck. Say, Chuck, stand up, Chuck. He's in a wheelchair, Joe Biden. This is worse than that. Jackie, where's Jackie? I guess Jackie's not here. No, sir, she's not there. She's dead. Oh, I, I, I just uh, horrible. <laughs> wow. Oh, this again, 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 again. Y'all can say this is uh, uh, grandpa dementia. I get that. I'm sympathetic to it. But this is a staff problem. This is readily identifiable as an advanced team problem. You don't do that as the advanced team. You take away all the uncertainty of the event, and they clearly didn't do that. Uh, we will send this clip out, I'm sure. Uh, if you want to see it, uh, you should subscribe to the daily email. Text the word DATA to 33777. Text the word DATA to 33777, and uh, you'll get a link back. You can subscribe um, and, and get it. Uh, by the way, um, I am sending out the Nashville Hot Fried Chicken Sandwich in just a little while. Uh, if you want to get it, text the word RECIPE to 33777, uh, RECIPE SINGULAR. 
and um, we'll we'll get it. And Philip just texted me and said this clip from Joe Biden is in today's show notes. So if you're a subscriber and get the show notes, uh, you will see Joe Biden asking where Jackie is. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, my flagship station WSB in Atlanta, Georgia, every year raises millions of dollars for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Okay, this is where I start crying because I started crying last night telling this story. Oh, boy, it got emotional for a short time last night. So we raised money, and we were going to invite people to come to WSB Radio and hang out with me, and we have a live lounge, so you can come in, ask questions and stuff. We'll serve food. Uh, and I, I do one every year with uh, my bourbon collection. I bring up my bourbon collection, serve barbecue and bourbon, and, and it's great. Um, and this one was just a Q&A, come to the studio well, the, for a while, when we were supposed to have it, the company had put back in the mask mandate because of the rise in COVID. Well, they finally got rid of it, but we'd already moved the event. But we moved it to Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee now has a shop up in Woodstock, Georgia. I've been dying to get up there anyway. I like Black Rifle Coffee. Silencer Smooth, my favorite one. I, I like the light roast. Um, so we went up to Black Rifle Coffee in Woodstock last night with these people and hung out with them, answered questions, had a great time. They were all donors to the... Children's Health Care of Atlanta. If, if you're wondering, so Children's Health Care of Atlanta is the number one research facility in the entire United States for blood disorders, sickle cell anemia, things like that. Uh, it's in the top five for childhood cancers, uh, but it's number one for blood disorders. And I was telling them the story of, of why they give. Oh, it's gut-wrenching. This family went to the beach for vacation, saved up their money, went to the beach. While they were at the beach, the son got sick, took him to the doctor. The doctor said, you need to take him to the ER, took him to the ER. And the ER basically said, you need to get in your car and drive towards Atlanta. Go to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. We'll fly the kid there. He's got cancer, and he's not going home tonight. Um, 45 days he was in the hospital. 45 days. They got there, and he did not leave for 45 days. And so the money that people give every year to Children's Health Care of Atlanta goes to fund uh, the ability to house the families, the ability to provide toys and games and distractions, and and the ability to provide like uh, youth counselors to be on staff to help the kids and, and integrate them into Children's Health Care Atlanta. Uh, it, it, medical bills, government grants that don't pay for stuff like that. It's it's donations that pay for that to improve the quality of life of a kid fighting cancer. And uh, it's such an emotional story. I interviewed the family this past year. It was just gut wrenching. They were so stoic, but. Um, Oh, it was an emotional. I was with my friend Clark Howard. Um, and so we had these people there last night recounting that story, trying not to cry. It was very emotional. And um, But the reason it's relevant to where I'm going with DeSantis and the hurricane is I looked. And in the worst case scenario of Atlanta traffic, it should take two hours to get from my house to Black Rifle Coffee in Woodstock, Georgia. On the variety of back roads I can take to buy it. If a tractor trailer flips over on the interstate and takes out the interstate, it should take me two hours to get to Black Rifle Coffee because I can go on back roads to get there. Ah, but worst case Atlanta scenario traffic does not contemplate hurricane refugees. It took three and a half hours to go from my house to Black Rifle Coffee because there were so many people fleeing Florida. There were utility trucks going south, and everybody else was going north. 
And we've gotten to that point where the the media so despises Ron DeSantis. They're so desperate to say he's Trump 2.0. They can't distinguish between him and Donald Trump. They're trying to play gotcha with DeSantis on, of all things, his handling of COVID versus his handling of Ian. Now, listen, if you are on uh, one of my affiliates down in Florida, and I have several down there, you, if you're whether you're on WDBO in Orlando, you're on WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida, you need to take precautions because this is a very bad storm. It's a very strong storm. Thankfully, it's moved in south of Tampa, so not in Tampa, so not straight into Tampa Bay. It has sucked the water out of Tampa Bay, but you're not going to have the massive storms there. But the storm surge is coming, it's going to be further down towards Fort Myers and stuff. It's bad. Um, and, and the thing here is that these reporters are just jumping all over Ron DeSantis, trying to play gotcha with him yet again, like they did in COVID. He's having none of it. Here's an exchange with a reporter uh, this morning. FEMA Administrator Chris Wells said today that she acknowledged concerns that uh, Florida, as, as was said, lacks response to the storm so far. And that whoa, 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 whoa. give me a break. That is nonsense. Stop politicizing. OK, stop it. We declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed. We've had people in here. You've had counties doing. Uh, they've done a lot of hard work. And, and honestly, you're trying to attack me, I get. But, like, you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been governor, declared a state of emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it. We said that there was a lot of uncertainty. And, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the this stuff, you talk to the people at the the counties when they've needed something stuff gets there very quickly because of what Kevin and his team have done I mean that, that that's it um and by the way uh, the president has finally talked to Ron DeSantis they, they they did wind up having a conversation they wound up talking which is that's all I yesterday I suggest they do they waited until last night though to do it which again Put the president in a position for people like me to criticize him for dragging his feet on talking to DeSantis. It did not have to be that way, and yet it was that way because he waited so long. It didn't have to be. They did not have to do it, and yet they did. And now you got the reporters playing gotcha. I, let me read you this tweet. This is from a CNN reporter who, again, they're trying to play it too clever by half. They're trying to be gotcha on DeSantis and the storm. Uh, where is this tweet here? I, I had it just a minute ago, and then it refreshed and disappeared. Um, bum, 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 bum. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Hurricanes and politics tend to run into each other in Florida, but this time it's with a governor who has put himself at odds with many local government officials and who have been looking for fights with a president he may end up running against. There's your one, and now here's your other. This is from Steve Contorno at CNN. As DeSantis prepares Floridians for Ian, he is urging residents to heed advice from the same local leaders he suggested they ignore during COVID and praising a federal agency. He previously alleged withheld aid to the state because Biden was playing politics trying to play gotcha with this. Trying to make it political with this. 
This is from the actual report. Both DeSantis and Biden have insisted that their respective governments are collaborating as planned in the days leading up to Ian's arrival. DeSantis said he is already working closely with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Biden told reporters Tuesday his administration was on alert and in action to help the people of Florida. DeSantis knows better than most how storms can affect the political winds in Florida. He was elected in 2018, just days after the the arrival of Hurricane Michael, a sudden and powerful storm that ripped through the panhandle that October and killed at least 16 people across a handful of states and nearly eliminated the town of Mexico Beach. DeSantis has responded by putting politics on the back burner. His news conferences, the regularly scheduled episodes of political theater that have produced viral moments like his combative exchange with a 60 Minutes reporter over the vaccine distribution and his public admonishing of students for wearing masks have centered exclusively on preparing Floridians for the storm. He's taken the expected procedural steps, declaring a state of emergency, mobilizing the Florida National Guard, readying the emergency operations center. Oh my gosh, why isn't he playing this differently? Why isn't he playing it? I mean, these people don't understand you're the governor of the state of Florida, you have a massive hurricane coming. Of course, the response is going to be different. A hurricane is not a virus. A hurricane is not a virus. This is this is the dumb media reporting that you get inside a bubble. It is the dumb media reporting that you can expect. He used to be at the Tampa Bay Times, this guy, Steve Corno. So, of course, um, he's probably biased against DeSantis to begin with, given their relationship. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of stunned by the media trying to make a partisan point here. They can't help themselves. They've got to make it about politics and the clashing of the two. They've got to find an angle in there that makes it about politics. It's like the media is obsessed with the politics of it. It's like the media is obsessed with the gotcha here. This is, it's such a bizarre thing. It's such a bizarre situation to have the American media so politicized now and so partisan, they can't just cover the hurricane and DeSantis's response. They have to compare it to his COVID response, a completely separate thing. They can't nuance. They don't want to nuance. And it's, it's not surprising to me. The media definitely at this point is playing aside. DeSantis right now is the governor of a major state facing a very powerful hurricane. And this hurricane is going to bring serious destruction to parts of Florida. The hurricane is going to probably destroy a lot of homes and take some lives. And I'm not talking about the stupid people in the water right now. I'm not talking about the stupid people at the beach. There are right now in Fort Myers, as the storm is rolling ashore, some seriously stupid people who are out there in the riptides, jumping waves. I just saw the video of it again. It, it, it's mind-numbing to me that that these people do this. Where where are your parents, idiots? Maybe these are college kids and they're going to go home in body bags. But we used to in this day and age kind of understand intuitively 
that presidents are partisans, but they're also leaders. Governors are partisans, but they're also leaders. And there are times where you can be partisan, and there are times you must also lead. And now the stories that the media likes to cover are the pivots, the, the oh, he's not being the partisan now. I guess he wasn't really serious with this other thing, and he's trying to be serious now. How can we believe him now? We used to, as a people, have this general understanding that you got to be a little graceful to the leadership in this country as they make their pivots between partisans and not. And there is this growing belief in this country, like if I play Joe Biden, people on the right never want to hear him, even if he's if it's something good, if it's something nice, if he's done something good, if he's done something nice, people on the right, they don't want to believe him, acknowledge him, or even hear his voice. If it's Donald Trump doing the same thing, people on the left don't want to hear him, believe him, acknowledge he's doing something good. And part of that is the way the media now covers these people. They train us into their cynicism where we no longer have the ability to recognize, okay, he's made this pivot into having to be the head of state, not just the head of a political party. And we've lost the ability as a people to do that. We've lost the ability to compliment the other side when they do something good. Or if we do compliment, then we have to say, well, I hate everything about this SOB, but this one time a stop clock gets it right twice. You can't just say, good job. And the media angling and the media partisanship has something to do with that. Now, I need to tell you about Patriot Mobile before I get out of here because uh, they're helping a lot of you out there advance the fight for conservatives. We're going to get into polling when we come back because the generic ballot, as I told you, would happen by the time we got to October. It has shifted back to Republicans in the lead. And Patriot Mobile is out on the ground helping conservatives around the country get elected. If you want to be a part of Patriot Mobile, take your cell phone service to them. Get guaranteed great service on the same towers everybody else uses. You go to PatriotMobile.com, PatriotMobile.com. Uh, slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can move your service over there, get free activation with my name. You get guaranteed great service. You can bring your own phone number over there, get a new phone number from them, your existing or a new one. You can also call them, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation, you get great discounts. They want to work with you. They are not woke. They are not woke. They are good, good cell phone providers with guaranteed great service. And they share your values, and they give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement. What more could you ask for in a company? PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. A buddy of mine texted me and said, what frightens me is what happens if the advance team did tell Joe Biden, and he still forgot. Yeah, that's that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, that that's an issue. Well, uh, now I, I've, I've got to get to the see, I told you so moment of the program. The Republicans have returned to the lead in the generic ballot. Told y'all that was going to happen. Uh, Democrats were a little bit comforted because Ann Selzer put out her poll. Ann Selzer uh, is a brilliant Iowa pollster. Uh, the problem, though, is that Ann Selzer is great in Iowa. She hasn't had a national track record that's been great. Uh, and she only pulled 563 likely voters. She has the Democrats up for with 563 likely voters. Um, the Politico Morning Consult with 2,005 registered voters has the Democrats up two. 
the Economist YouGov poll, which just last week had the Democrats up um, several points, has now had a five-point swing to the Republicans, and the Republicans are up one with 1,054 likely voters. Uh, with 1,954 likely voters, CBS has the Republicans up one. And with the ABC News Washington Post poll of 1,000 likely voters, the GOP is up five. Emerson College with 1,368 likely voters has a tie. And Rasmussen with 2,500 likely voters has Republicans up two. As the pollsters shift to a likely voter model, you have the shift happening in the GOP exactly as I told you guys it was going to happen. And as more pollsters begin to move their modeling in October to likely voters, you're going to continue to see this. And I go back to that uh, snippet from ABC News. They totally buried it. What I find really notable here is, by and large, they didn't even want to mention it in their write-up. Among those living in congressional districts rated as competitive, registered voters favor Republican candidates 55-34, nearly as big as the Republican lead in solid GOP districts, which is twenty a 24-point lead for the GOP. Um, for swing voters in swing districts, independent voters, uh, it is Republicans are up 21. In Democratic districts, Democrats are up 35, which is to be expected. And this is why with national poll, you need to understand with national polls, they just do a broad scattershot poll around the nation of a couple thousand people. But you could have half the people in New York and California. And if they lean to the Democrats, when you skew it, uh, you can get a polling that shows Democrats doing better. Even if you get independent voters in those areas, they tend to lean Democrat in Democratic areas. Independent voters in Republican areas tend to lean Republican, even if they consider themselves independent. So you can mess up the polling based on the national approach to the polls. When you look at likely voters in swing districts, what's telling from the CBS Battleground poll, from the ABC poll, and and now from uh, this new poll from YouGov, Looking at likely voters, Republicans tend to be doing well. Now, if they don't show up, if they get cocky, the Democrats still win, so you still got to go vote. But if the election were held today, it appears voters would go GOP. Now, when we come back, we got to switch gears. Um, Can we talk about how Donald Trump was right about something? Yes, he was, and the media is having a meltdown over him being right about something.